Jesse Kelly show. Let's have some fun and fun. We are going to have tonight. I have some spicy takes for you. You mad about inflation? We have all this inflation and, and spending information, Democrats spending bills and you're mad. Maybe you should be mad at you. I'll explain. We have yet another coronavirus casualty, but not the kind you're thinking about. We have the FBI lying and covering up for a sexually abusing gymnastics coach. George Floyd's mural is on fire, and I almost accidentally killed a dog selling RVs once. It's a story you're going to enjoy All that's coming up tonight on the Jesse Kelly Show. In an hour and a half from now, Emerald Robinson's coming. If you're a new listener, she's a White House correspondent. She knows all the juicy D.C. gossip. She always drops bombs on us. If you're interested in that Arizona audit, what did happen during the election? Hang on for that. That's an hour and a half from now. But first, first and foremost... The headline came out last night. This is from the post-millennial, but there were a bunch of different versions of this. Biden administration feels recent inflation burst could last quarters and not months. I'm sorry, that's actually from Fox Business. But there were everybody had a headline about inflation. Everyone did. And inflation, for those who don't know or don't really realize it, it's simply the devaluation of your dollar. If you could buy a pack of gum for $1 yesterday, you walk in the store today, and now it's $1.05. Your dollar doesn't buy that pack of gum anymore. You could be mad about inflation. You should be mad about inflation. I, because I'm very, very, very discriminatory, I discriminate all the time. I'm the only person in America who admits that I, I discriminate always. If I'm driving down the road at night in a bad neighborhood and I see a car pulled over with the flat tire and I see a male in or around that car, I'm not stopping. If I see a woman, I'm stopping. I discriminate all the time. Old people are being slaughtered by this inflation. People who are retired or close to retirement are being slaughtered by this inflation. Think about that. Wrap your mind around this because I understand that I do have a, a younger audience than normal. Understand this. At some point in time, you're going to be retired or close to retirement. And that's going to be a good time, right? As long as you don't let it kill you. They say that's the number one killer of old people's retirement. As long as you don't let it kill you. As long as you have a plan and a purpose for when you're done working. That's good times. No more getting up at eight. No more yes sirs to the boss. No more, can I have some vacation time? You're going to take off with the old lady? Maybe do a little traveling, take an RV across America? Or maybe you're really rich. Maybe you're going to travel the world. I mean, I don't know. Go live your life before you die because you're going to one day. What if you can't retire anymore? What if you had a plan? And your plan always involves having so much money saved up because then that money will translate into this amount of money monthly 
You know, assuming you live to 85, all retirement plans are basically something similar to that. What if you'd been working 30, 35, 40 years, 50 years, and now you can't retire anymore? It's a big deal. Inflation is a major deal, especially because more of it's coming. Okay, so we know it's bad. We just established it's bad. We get that. I get it. You get it. Everyone gets it. Let me ask you something. Set aside inflation for a moment and how bad it is and all that. Let me ask you something. And I'm going to give this to you right between the eyes because I'm an insensitive jerk, as you well know. What did you say? What did you think the response should be about coronavirus when coronavirus came to America? And you don't have to admit it to me. You really don't. I'm not your dad. I'm not your pastor. You don't owe me anything. I'm not over you. I'm not your leader. Just to yourself. When the coronavirus came, people were dying in China. We weren't really sure about coronavirus. Coronavirus gets here. They sent every panic monger they could on the news. Millions will die. We have models we may not have in America. Dr. Fauci running out there telling you how horrible it all is and And suggesting, say it with me, 15 days to slow the spread. When he said, when they said 15 days to slow the spread, when they told you, let's just pause the economy, Republicans and Democrats, don't you dare just blame this on Democrats. I'm old enough to remember this was Republicans too. When they said, well, just pause the economy like it's it's Netflix. And then after 15 days, we'll unpause it. That's how it works, right? When they said that, what did you do? Or what did you think? Did you say to yourself, that's absurd? You can't pause an economy? Plus, it's a violation of my freedom? You don't even have the authority to do this? If you said that, then go sit on the sidelines and drink some water and feel good about yourself because you did the right thing. But if you're one of those people, and there were a lot of you, and there were a lot of you, Don't lie now. If you're one of those people who bought into it, if you took that panic and said, oh, man, we should, we better go home. Look, the economy can wait. I mean, who cares about the economy? People are dying. It's just just money. And then 15 days turned into 30 days. And they told you, well, yeah, I have to mask. I, I'm wearing my mask everywhere, and I'm getting hand sanitizer enemas, and I'm standing 20 feet from everybody. I'm, I'm super safe. And then Congress started debating bills because, surprise, surprise, the economy was suffering when you made it stop. And Congress started debating these massive multi-trillion dollar stimulus bills. You remember. Did you want Congress to pass those? Go back, go back to your social media if you want. Were you pushing for Republicans and Democrats to pass coronavirus relief bills? If the answer to those hard questions I just asked you was yes, and again, you don't have to admit it to me or your husband or your wife or your friend, anyone else, but if you were on board with pausing the economy, lockdown, 15 days to slow the spread, pass coronavirus stimulus bills, if you were on board with that, I don't want to hear your complaints about inflation. You see, a popular right-wing talking point that I'm sure you've heard from every other pundit today is, this is Joe Biden's inflation. 
Joe Biden's fault. No, 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 no. I'm as perfectly happy dumping on President Pudding Brain as anybody else. Yeah, he ain't helping inflation. I saw Republican pundits, Republican politicians, and Republican voters across America join in on the coronavirus panic porn and tell everyone everyone was going to die and stop the economy. It's only money. It's only business. Go home. Send me a stimulus check, so on and so forth. And now I see those same people across America today, the same people. This inflation is outrageous. We're, we can't withstand this. What did you think was going to happen? Do you think you can print money unbacked by the trillion and not have inflation? Are you insane or are you stupid? You cannot print money by the trillion and not have inflation. It's not possible. There are laws in economics. It's not possible. And the truth is, the truth is that the American people, they have forgotten what the most expensive thing in the world is. You want to know what the most expensive thing in the world is? I'll tell you in a second. Jesse Kelly. It is. The Jesse Kelly Show, and yes, I have a take. I understand everyone's crushing the FBI today because uh, apparently they did some cover-up for that gymnastics coach. They were supposed to be investigating that gymnastics guy, Larry Nasser, the one who abused all those women, and the FBI covered up for him. I have a take on this that is going to be wildly offensive, and I'm 100% right. Give me just a second. I'll get to it. But back to what I was talking about. In the first segment, I brought it up. I said, are you mad about inflation? Tell me where you were about coronavirus lockdowns. Tell me where you were when Congress was passing coronavirus stimulus bills. And then I'll tell you how valid your opinion on inflation is. I know that's harsh. I'm harsh. It is not your mommy's show. It is your daddy's show. Stupidity is the most expensive thing in the world. Stupidity and panic. It's the most expensive thing in the world. What we did during coronavirus, what the West has done, you see protests going off all over the world now, France, what the world did in response to a virus is insane and stupid. And I don't have to sugarcoat it for anybody because, well, we made mistakes or uh, we did what a doctor said. I don't have to sugarcoat it for anyone. Societies throughout history from the beginning of time have had to deal with various pandemics. Diseases pop up. Another one is going to, too. We are the society that decided to point to our economy and say, stop. As if it's only dollars and cents. Your economy is the lifeblood of your society. Look around you. You like the beautiful roads and schools and hospitals and medical care and planes and everything else, science and technology. You like it? Your economy paid for it. Your economy paid for it. 
You don't ever, 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 under any circumstances, point to your economy and say, stop moving. I don't care if you wake up tomorrow morning and, God forbid, 10 nuclear bombs have dropped on America's 10 biggest cities and the Chinese have invaded the California shores. You still don't intentionally look at your economy and say, stop. Ever. And the fact we did that for a virus we didn't even know that much about is crazy to me. That was what blew me away the most. Well, we have to until we figure it out. No, go figure it out first and then come back to me. You go figure it out first. And if I sound upset, it's because I am, and I'm not upset at the communists. Of course the communists were going to use it to gain money and power. That's what communists do. Remember, communists don't care about anything except their God. Not mass shootings, not pandemics, not economic destruction, not... Border surges, nothing. They don't actually care. They don't care about race either. They don't love white people or black people. They, they don't care about anything. They don't care about sexual orientation. Communists care about communism, and that's all. So I'm setting them aside because I don't I don't I know what I'm going to get out of those monsters. I'm talking about people on the right. And right now, you're nodding your head because you you're thinking about that pundit on the radio or TV or that you read who was all about that lockdown life early on. He was all about passing those coronavirus bills. And now he's the same guy churning out articles today. 5.4% inflation. This is absurd. Stupidity's expensive. It's the most expensive thing in the world. And now, you understand the kind of situation we're in economically. I'm not, I'm not going to bore you with details because people don't ever want to talk about the debt. I'm one of two people in the United States of America who actually cares about the debt. I understand people don't care, so I don't ever bring it up. I get that. $28 trillion. Going to be $30 trillion soon in debt with historically low interest rates. Those rates are being kept artificially low. You know why they're being kept artificially low? Because if interest rates are allowed to go up, the United States of America is going to have to take huge chunks of its budget and pay it solely towards servicing the debt. You don't care about the debt now, so I don't talk about the debt now. Do you care about having a powerful Navy that keeps China on the other side of the Pacific? Do you care about... Those beautiful hospitals and the educated doctors and nurses and medicines that keep you alive? Do you like little Billy having a good school, driving on good roads? Do you like having a country that's wealthy? You better start caring about the debt. It's the freight train barreling towards us down the tracks that nobody wants to talk about, but you better start caring about the debt. All right. We have Emerald Robinson coming up in about one hour, a little over one hour from now. She's our White House insider. I'm going to get to all the crazy things the White House has said. We, of course, have the Homeland Security Secretary. Chris, go ahead and play this. Listen, we understand the problem we have at the border. It's insane. I mean, it's crazy how many people are flooding through the southern border, and they're just letting them in. The Biden administration is letting them in. They're processing them through super fast. 
to turn them loose inside America's borders just so people don't don't find out how many people they're letting in. That's what's happening at the southern border. But Cuban people who are trying to flee communism, this is what our Homeland Security Secretary told them. Allow me to be clear. If you take to the sea, you will not come to the United States. The time is never right to attempt migration by sea. To those who risk their lives doing so. Why? Why, though? Why wouldn't, why wouldn't they want Cuban people here? You have any idea how long the American Democratic Party has worked to educate the American public on everything except the evils of communism? Do you really think they want a massive influx of people who are going to storm into our borders and say, believe me when I tell you, you really don't want communism? Of course they're not going to allow that. Now let's get to the FBI thing. This is from WallStreetJournal.com, but you can find this story absolutely anywhere. Headline, FBI agents disregarded gymnasts' complaints about Nasser, then made false statements to cover the mistakes, the report says. FBI agents disregarded allegations, so on and so forth. See, Justice Department dug into the FBI. The Justice Department's inspector generally detailed multiple failings in the Federal Bureau of Investigation's response to gymnast complaints, which were first brought into the Indianapolis field office on July 28, 2015 by USA Gymnastics. Okay, first of all, let's address something. This is Larry Nasser. This is the guy who is alleged or has actually been convicted of multiple already to have abused sexually hundreds of women and girls, hundreds of them, always claiming he was doing it for medical treatment, and I'm just an absolute sick freak monster who shouldn't even be here anymore, but I'm not going to get thrown off the air tonight, so I'm not going to go into that. But you want to know something about your kid's coach? Your kid's coach, not Larry Nasser. Let's have a chat. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and it's going to be a fun night. This dog story, oh, this dog that I almost killed on the RV lot. Oh, gosh, don't worry. There's no, well, there's not much dog violence in this story, and I didn't hurt any dog intentionally. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you that story about 30 minutes from now. I'll give you the dog story. I forget how that came up today, but let's get back to this FBI thing. One, FBI agents were lying, covering for Larry Nasser. Let's, let's just blow through this part of it really quickly. The FBI sucks and should be disbanded. The FBI should be disbanded. It is now a weaponized arm of the left. They are going hard after anybody who's a Republican. They can't seem to solve... Any significant crimes like, oh, I don't know, all the Republicans who were mowed down like grass in Los Angeles. However, if if Bubba Wallace finds a garage pull string in, in, in his NASCAR race, the FBI has a team of agents to make sure that look how look how pro-black people we are. They don't do anything right. They lie through their teeth. They lied to spy on Trump's campaign. They go after Republicans. The entire organization should be shuttered, fire every employee, demo the building, and urinate on the ashes. And I'm not exaggerating. A federal police arm that has allowed itself to become a political weapon must be disbanded. It cannot be reformed. 
It is a cancer. You must remove that tumor before it kills you. So let's get past the FBI thing right now. And let's move on to having an uncomfortable conversation about your kid and his coach. Are you sure you're ready for this? I very rarely dread a talking point I'm going to, I'm going to make. I very rarely dread it because I enjoy doing this. I've had all these horrible jobs in my life and I fell backwards into this radio career. I shouldn't even be here, let alone on one of the biggest shows in the country. So I, I have so much fun doing this, as you can tell. And I very rarely cringe going into a segment. I'm cringing right now. I don't want to have this talk. It's uncomfortable. It's gross. And it's going to make you uncomfortable. But I do feel an obligation to do some good behind this microphone, especially for all the bad I do. Men should not be coaching women's gymnastics. Ever. And before you throw something at the radio or anything else, allow me to make it worse. Men should not be in charge of women ever when it comes to sports, especially not half-naked women. My wife was on the, ugh, this, pains, this pains me to say, was on the Canadian national team for gymnastics. She was born in America. I'll not be indicted for marrying a foreigner. She's an American citizen. Anyway, was, in, was a gymnast for years. Moved on, and she was a full scholarship athlete at University of Arizona. Made nationals multiple. My wife is an elite-level gymnast. And because I got to know her when she was an elite-level gymnast, I always ended up at a dinner or a party or, or a gymnastics event with other gymnasts, which frankly was not the end of the world, but we're not going into that right now. They all start telling stories. The amount, the number of these women who had a gymnastics coach do or attempt something inappropriate to them staggered me. To this day, staggered me. I cannot stress this enough to you. And I know you're going to think I'm crazy and it's not my daughter's coach. It was the norm. It was the norm. Biology is what it is. Grown men do not need for any reason to spend hours a day in charge of fit teenage girls in swimsuits. Not at swim practice, not at gymnastics meets. They don't need to be coaching the volleyball team. They don't need to be there. They don't need to be there. Find a woman to do it. You are asking for trouble. And the whole situation, sports is such a gross thing when parents put their motivations onto their child because this is what so many of these girls would tell us when we were sitting there, we're talking to these girls. So many of these girls would tell us things like, well, I didn't want to say anything because I wanted to make the team. Well, he only tried to kiss me, but I, I managed to get away. Well, okay, I, I didn't like it. I went home and told my parents, and my parents, they didn't want to risk my spot on the team, so they didn't say anything. Grown men should not be looking out for young girls in swimsuits. You're asking for trouble. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do one last thing, and then I'm going to try to move on to this. I'll address it again later on. 
But I want you to do something for me. If, if you're home, if you're behind the wheel, don't do this. Just do it when you get home. If you're behind the wheel, wait. But if you're at home, do this for me. Your state has a sex offender registry online. Every state does. Pull it up right now, wherever you may be. New York, Texas, California, everywhere in between, I don't care. Pull up your state's sex offender registry, and they will have a search function there where you can search your zip code. Not someone else's, not the big city, your zip code. Put in your zip code, and let me stop you right there, because I know I have a bunch of listeners in cities and a bunch of listeners in the country. I'm going to have some people, I don't need to do that. I'm in, I'm in Wyoming. Jesse, don't be ridiculous. I don't care where you are. Put it in. Put it in. And tell me what you see. And let me explain something to you, because you're probably doing it right now. And your jaw is dropping as you see the people around you and you see, you can see the crimes they've committed. Now, let me tell you something. You understand they've caught and convicted a fraction of these men, right? I'm not telling you your daughter's gymnastics coach is a sick freak who's going to assault her, but he certainly might be and you might never find out about it. And you know what? Let's set aside girls for a moment because I don't just want to talk to girl parents. How much looking into the Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts have you done? Have you seen any of the cases, any of the accusations? Are you 100% sure, 100% sure you're comfortable sending your 7-year-old boy out for a three-day camping trip with a couple adult males you don't know or met a couple times? How comfortable are you? I'm cringing. I know you're cringing. I don't like to do stuff like this that makes everybody feel icky. I'm trying to wake you up to a world that I have seen before. It is bad. Really, really, really bad. Be careful with your kids. Oh, but I send my kid off for... For, he just goes, goes and does some baseball training with his baseball coach for three hours a day. And you know what? That baseball coach, he looks like a good dude. He's not some weird-looking pervert. In fact, he used to play baseball. He, he looks pretty good. Actually, he's a pretty handsome dude. Go look at the pictures on that sex offender registry I was telling you about. They don't all look like freaks. There's a lot of handsome dudes in there. Be careful with your sons. Be careful with your daughters. And I'll say it again. I don't care how many people get mad. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. You're welcome to email me. It's fine. I don't care how many people get mad. Grown men should not be in charge of teenage girls who wear swimsuits for hours on end. Period. End of story. They should not. Not because all men are evil. Not because all coaches are bad. It creates an unhealthy environment, an unhealthy environment, and we've got to stop it. All right. Now, I think maybe we should bring up this presidential assassination in Haiti again because it's an important story. No, but because it gets more and more intriguing by the day, and apparently it potentially involves one of America's law enforcement agencies? Did we 
get involved with the killing of Haiti's president? This is, I love this international intrigue stuff. So we're going to dig into that. I have Emerald Robinson coming up in about 45 minutes. I have my RV story about the dog. It's going to be a blast of a night here on the Jesse Kelly Show. Now let me tell you something. You and I talk all the time about being more purposeful with where we spend our money. That TV commercial that major shoe company ran telling you to to accept your transgender son. Did that make you feel good? You happy about that? Why are you still buying their shoes? What if I could promise you the most comfortable bedding stuff around and most comfortable slippers and most comfortable pajamas from a company that loves this country and believes in your values? That's my pillow. And right now, the best cotton in the world is Giza. My pillow has Giza dream sheets. Two for one low price plus free shipping if you go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code JESSE. And don't just stop at the sheets. Oh, we got one of their mattress pads. Oh, it's like it's like sleeping on a cloud. MyPillow.com, promo code is JESSE, Giza Dream Sheets, two for one low price plus free shipping. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com When it's all about the money, you gotta do it right. On the How to Money podcast, investors Joel and Matt talk tips and tricks for handling the money you have in a purposeful, thoughtful way that works for your lifestyle so you can really start living a rich life. HSAs are the best retirement account out there. Better than 401ks and even our beloved Roth IRA. Blasphemy! (laughs) (laughs) And most folks, they have access to these HSAs, but they don't even realize the sweet triple tax advantage that they offer. Listen to How to Money wherever you get your podcasts. Technology and modernity buried some pretty cool stuff. But the new podcast, Bear Grease, rediscovers some of the things time's forgotten. Host and outdoor expert Clay Newcomb explores the culture, tradition, and history of rural America. When do we believe that dogs were first domesticated? 20,000 years is like the genetic signatures for a dog up here. Listen to Bear Grease, part of the Meat Eater Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcasts. Jesse Kelly show and wow, this assassination stuff is awesome. Don't get me wrong. I'm not cheering anybody's assassination. And for all I know, this president of Haiti was a really great dude. Although I doubt, I doubt he was a great dude. I mean, it is Haiti. It's kind of a corrupt place. And I can't imagine you rise to become the top politician in Haiti without probably doing some pretty scummy things. But look, it's not like anybody who leads our country would endorse scummy things. It's no longer just about who gets to vote or making it easier for eligible voters to vote. It's about who gets to count the vote. Wait, what? Joe Biden, you know, the fact that Joe Biden's brain is degenerating into a three-year-old's is actually pretty beneficial because he constantly finds himself saying things you really shouldn't be saying at all, like at all. <laughs> oh gosh, this freaking guy. All right. We have to talk about this assassination thing briefly because look, I have a confession to make. See, it's easy for me to come on the radio and, and give you these confessions because I don't have any shame because I don't have human emotions. 
So I come and I confess things to you, and because you're terrible, you send me mean emails like making fun of me for having a truck with a sunroof and other things. By the way, the sunroof is still not fixed. For those curious, for the new listeners out there, six, seven years ago, I bought a pickup truck. The package I wanted came with a sunroof. I didn't request a sunroof. The sunroof was never used, of course, because it's Houston and there's it's 8,000 degrees down here. The kids open it one time. It breaks. I get charged $3,000 to fix the thing, which I still it makes me sick to my stomach. They didn't even fix it right. It still rattles. It's a disaster. I don't want to go into it anymore. But anyway, another confession. The confession I was going for is this. I love conspiracy theories. I love them. Now, I don't really believe in any of them, mainly because people can't keep secrets. I'm, I'm one of five people on the planet who can keep a secret, and I only can because I don't care about the thoughts or feelings of others. You see, human beings, they have this need inside of them. They want to gain approval in the interest of other people. It's a human nature. It's human nature. You're sitting down with me. You, you want to come up with something interesting to say? So eventually, whatever secrets you have are going to come spilling out because you can't just sit there in silence. I, I don't care about your feelings at all. So I don't feel the need to expose anybody's secrets. So I don't believe in conspiracy theories because secrets always come out. But I wish I did. I want to believe in them so bad. I want to believe in uh, aliens. I want to believe in, uh, uh, I mean, all, what, Chris? Chris said there's one I do believe. Oh, that's not a conspiracy theory, pal. That's a fact. That is a fact. All right, you know what? Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and have this out. The mob killed JFK. They did kill. Don't laugh, Chris. The mob killed JFK. That, look, I'm not even trying to be controversial here. I Because I'm a dude, I'm a mob freak. I love everything mafia. It's not like I read this on an internet forum somewhere. I've read multiple books by hardened gangsters who say they did it, and they say exactly why they did it. JFK... He used his father's mob connections. His father used to run illegal booze into America. He was connected with all the mobsters. We know this. JFK, his dad approached the mob, mainly Sam Giancana of Chicago, Carlos Marcello of New Orleans. He was the mob boss in Louisiana. And the Traficante family that ran Florida, Santo Traficante specifically. And he approached those mobsters and said, help my son get elected. JFK was a Catholic, which sounds weird today, but... There had never been a Catholic elected. That was apparently controversial back then. Those mobsters did. JFK gets elected. He promptly sicks his brother on the mafia, who makes them all go on television. Remember the televised the testimonies? In case you've never seen them, they're fascinating to watch. The mob didn't take too kindly to that, to Robert Kennedy doing that. And there's an old Sicilian uh, proverb, which I'm going to screw up now because I'm doing this off the top of my head. If you're unhappy with the cat's tail, leave the cat's tail alone and cut off the head. They they, they went after JFK. I believe this all the way. I'm going to get so many emails about this now. It's going to be great. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. That's not a conspiracy theory, Chris. Anyway, I don't believe in conspiracy theories. But, oh, by the way, one more thing. Marcelo and Traficante were both caught talking about this later on in life. 
Both of them were caught talking about the JFK thing later on in life. Or at least we have secondhand testimony from somebody who was next to him. What, Chris? It's not a conspiracy theory. You know what, Chris? Fine. You go on believing what you want to believe. All right? You go on believing what you want to believe. Back to the current one. Foxnews.com. Haiti presidential assassination suspect was confidential DEA source, official says. One suspect linked to the assassination of Haitian President Jovenel Moise, I know I'm messing that up, has been, has been a confidential source for the U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency, a DEA official told Fox News. So this is not conspiracy theory. The DEA is saying this. Following the assassination of the president, the suspect reached out to his contacts at the DEA. A DEA official assigned to Haiti urged the suspect to surrender to local authorities and, along with the U.S. State Department official, provided information to the Haitian government that assisted in the surrender and arrest of the suspect and one other individual. So it sounds like they basically told the guy, oh, if you actually did this, go turn yourself in, wink, wink, nudge, nudge kind of a thing. Now, I don't expect you to actually care about Haiti. I'm not naive. I don't care about Haiti. But presidential assassinations are cool. And especially when they could potentially involve U.S. government enforcement agencies. You know you're into it. All right. I'm going to get to my RV story. It's going to be uncomfortable. Hang on. Jesse Kelly show. I'm dreading, dreading telling you this dog story. But so first, you know what? Peter Ducey with Fox News has been doing the Lord's work. We have Emerald Robinson coming up about 25 minutes from now. She's a White House correspondent, but she's with Newsmax. Peter Ducey's the one with Fox, and he's just killing the press secretary every day. He challenged Jen Psaki today on those Texas Democrats. Remember, when he challenges her, remember this when he challenges her. Those Democrats didn't violate norms. They didn't break the rules. They broke the law. They broke the law on purpose. What they're doing currently still is illegal. They are fugitives. The White House press secretary was asked about it. Here's what she had to say. Do you know any of any examples from his 36 years in the Senate that Joe Biden just hopped on a train and left town to avoid a vote that he knew he was going to lose? Welcome back. Um, Look, I think that the president's view is that um, these Texas legislators uh, were making a statement uh, through action uh, in opposition to efforts in their state to oppose restrictions on people's fundamental rights and their rights to vote in their state. That is why they departed. The, pre- the vice president uh, met with these legislators yesterday, uh, and, the vice pres- and the president, I should say, certainly appra- applauds uh, their actions and their outspoken uh, opposition to states, uh, to efforts to put in place restrictive measures in their state. Of course. Of course, they broke the law. Look. Let's just take in how crazy this is. And if it sounds like I'm stalling on telling you the dog story, it's because I am. Let's take, let's take in how crazy this is. The president of the United States of America, 
That's the chief. That's the commander-in-chief. Now, I don't care Republican, Democrat, anything. The president of the United States of America looked at a whole group of lawmakers, and he applauds them for breaking the law. Remember remember what I told you? What I've been telling you? How we live in a post-law America now? We do. There aren't laws anymore. We've entered that period of time like Rome did when Pompey told somebody, do not quote laws to men with swords. All we live in now is an era of power. That's all that matters. There is no law anymore. Certainly not for you or I. I promise you, if you do something in a Democrat city with a Democrat attorney general, go ahead and go ahead and step out of line even a little. You won't see the light of day again. But you're in that same city, throw on a Black Lives Matter shirt and loot a footlocker, you go off scot-free with your Air Jordans on your feet. Now, Let's talk about the RV thing. Because this came up. Somebody wrote me an email and said, great show. What did you do with RVs? I sell them here in Denver, motorhomes and trailers. I hate myself all the way to the bank. One, let's address something real quick here. Ladies and gentlemen, because this is for everybody. I don't know if sales are for you. You should probably give it a try at some point in your life. And what are you trying to figure out when I say give it a try? You're simply trying to figure out this. And don't lie to yourself. Figure out this. How are you at dealing with people? And look, you don't have to sell RVs to do that. Work retail. Go to a clothing store if any of them are still in business. Go be a waiter. Go be a waitress. Figure out if you can deal with people, if you deal well with people. And waiters and waitresses, listen to me. I know this is hard, but again, it's not your mommy's show. It's your daddy's show. Your tips will tell you how well you deal with people. They will. And yes, you're always going to have a dirtball who doesn't tip. Overall, over a long period of time, if you're the one raking in all the tips and all your buddies, they're not making much, you're pretty good with people. In the meantime, at the end of the night, if you've got 50 bucks in tips and the waitress next to you has 250, you suck. Go do something else. Figure out if you can deal with people. If you can, you understand that you can make a great living in sales, right? Whether you're selling cars, furniture, RVs, whatever you're selling, you can make a great living in sales. A great living. But back to the RV thing. I sold them. Remember, remember the story is this. I was working for, after I ran for Congress twice and lost twice, I moved to D.C. for a year and worked for a political group just because I wanted to stay in the fight. I wanted to stay in the game. Hated living in D.C. so much. I quit my job without another job, packed up the family and drove across Red America looking for work. I was just looking for work. Ended up in uh, the Dallas area, a little city north of Dallas called Frisco, Texas, which is getting bigger now. Decided we're moving there with no job. So I needed a job. Don't have any money. Had bills to pay. Found a job. Found an advertisement selling RVs on Craigslist. I'd never sold anything in my life. I put on a suit and tie and went down for the interview. Again, gentlemen, I put on a suit and tie. And let's say you're hard up for money. That's fine. Maybe you don't have a suit and tie. Maybe you don't have money for a suit and tie. For $40, $30, $40, you can walk in any, walk in Walmart, 
Get a pair of khakis. I know they won't be nice ones. That doesn't matter. Get a button-up shirt, a pair of khakis, some dress shoes for five bucks off the clearance shelf. You know what you're showing when you dress up? Effort. You're not showing off how nice your clothes are. You're showing your employer how much effort you will put in. Anyway, I show up, I get the job, I start selling RVs. Now, understand this when you have a sales job. When you have a sales job, especially RVs and things like that, there's not really a salary. You may get a little draw, but it's it's below the poverty line. You sell or your family doesn't eat. You sell or you don't get to make the mortgage payment, the car payment. So you have to sell. Now, I was okay, but there are some good months and there are some bad months. I was actually good, but there are good months and bad months. I was having, this was, gosh, this is probably three years ago. I was having maybe the worst month I'd ever had before. And I mean, I had been top 10. They actually sent us to Hawaii one year because I was doing so well. So I could do this. Yeah, Chris, they would send the top 10 salesmen in the company and, and their spouses to Hawaii for like a week. So this, I was, it's not like I was bad at the job. I was sales manager by this point in time, but I was still having a bad month. I still had to sell. And it's getting towards the end of the month. And I'm now at the point of just because bills are piling up. And you probably understand what that's like. Most people have been in a position like that before where you're looking at more money in bills than you have in the bank. And look, I've been out of work before. That's not, that's, it's not something you forget. And as a dude, as a man, I can't speak for women, as a man, you feel about one inch tall when you're in that situation. I'm not providing. I'm not making ends meet. I'm not getting the job done. So you really start grinding then. You know, I don't care what happens. We're going to start grinding. And I'm at the point of desperation. Well, if you're in sales, people can smell desperation. So you have to make sure you leave that at your desk. And people love confidence. Love confidence. Women love it. Men love it. Everyone loves someone who's confident. So you walk out there like you own the place. I'm desperate for a sale. I get this customer come on the lot. A man and his wife. Uh, 50s, I would say, in case you're wondering, 50s or 60s. They have their two little dogs with them. And I say the kind of little dogs, the kinds you can hold in your hand. This is going to be applicable. Hang on for a moment. They leave the dogs in the car. Why do they leave the dogs in the car? Because they're polite, thinking human beings who realize the world doesn't like your dog. You don't let your dog go walking into someone else's restaurant or office or RV because it doesn't belong to you. And your dog isn't a person. It's actually an animal. If I sound like I'm going off on a tangent here, it's because I am. But I'm going to set that aside. They leave the AC on in the car. Obviously, you don't want to hurt your dog. And they leave the dogs in the car. They come in and tell me what they're looking for. Now, once they tell me what they're looking for, I'm excited because one, I can tell by how these people are. These are people who can buy anything. They can buy anything they want. They can afford anything. They have the credit for it. You can just tell. I've I've explained that before. You can tell when someone can. I'm excited. And on top of being able to buy anything they want, they're looking for one of the most expensive RVs we have. It didn't go well. I'll explain what happens in just a moment. Now, I've been talking to you tonight about inflation. 
The value of what going down? What have I been saying? The value of what is going down? Your dollar. You know what has value now, had value yesterday, and will have value tomorrow? In fact, it had value, oh, about 5,000 years ago. Precious metals, gold and silver. Oxford Gold Group does something different. They're not selling you a piece of paper saying you own something. Oxford Gold Group, they're the industry leader in precious metals. Why? Because they put real gold and silver in your hand. In your hand. Make sure in this time of reckless inflation and and debt, you are protecting your wealth. Diversify. Call 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-GOLD. Make sure you buy some gold. You have to. Oxford Gold Group, not a piece of paper. Gold you can hold. 833-995-GOLD. The Jesse Kelly Show. On air and online at jessekellyshow.com. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and we have, boy, we have great new podcast reviews. If you miss any part of the show, the whole thing is podcasted on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star rating and leave a review talking about how handsome I am. Like this one, Jesse Kelly is radio. (laughs) What, Chris? He's right, or she is, I guess. Jesse Kelly's show is so unique Not only did they actually find a handsome face for the airwaves, but they found a concise orator for the modern anti-commie conservative. Preach on, Mr. Kelly. Next one's titled, One Handsome Dude. When I first heard him on the radio, I couldn't believe how handsome he was. I just knew he was a conservative dreamboat. Libs send their most handsome to primetime news, and Mr. Potato Head leads the way. I'm sure that's Brian Stelter. Not us. We put J. Steele Kelly, the general patent of conservative thought on the radio. No wonder Chris is speechless. <laughs> ah, that's fun. All right, back to my story. Remember, we have Emerald Robinson coming up in about eight minutes, our White House correspondent, giving us some juicy dirt on the Arizona audits, Bill Barr, and everything else. I meet this couple on the RV lot. I am desperate. I must make a sale. We take off for the lot. We spend hours. They're looking for the most expensive RV we have, or one of them, you know, that kind of class. We spend hours trying to find it for them. And I manage to get to know these people really well. We had a good rapport. And I found them their perfect RV. Their perfect RV. She's in heaven. She's practically moving in. And anytime it's a couple, you're always selling the RV to the woman because the dude only cares about a few functional things in the RV. Oh, do I fit in the bed? Can my truck tow it? That kind of thing. The woman does the rest of the shopping. Oh, I love the couches and the frilly stuff. You know, you know what I'm talking about. She's in love with it. He's in love with it. They say, let's do it. We go back. We go back to the office, and we're going back to the office, and this is always the moment of truth. You have to go work them up a good price and whatnot, and I was in charge of all that anyway, so I have them sit out in the office, hang on, I'm going to get you a price, and this is the moment. you got to come up with a price for them, came up with a great price for them, come back, put it down in front of them. They say absolutely without hesitation. Then you have one more big moment. The only one more. There's only one more thing that can go wrong, I thought. That's when you pull their credit. 
You have to pull their credit, make sure they can even get the financing for an RV. I pull their credit. Credit's perfect. Everything's perfect. And I start printing off paper. And there are about 20, 30 pages to sign. I print off all the pages. And there's a fat stack of them. 20 or 30 may be short, but it's a lot. Fat stack of pages. It's time for them to sign. And the second their signature is on those forms, I've made a sale and I'm paying my mortgage that month. That's what's at stake here. I can't stress this enough. We get back in. I set the pages in front of them and they tell me, ah, this is awesome. It's awesome. And she comes up with the idea while he's signing. He's signing and she says, wait, wait. Let's take the dogs out there and make sure they like it first. And he rolls his eyes at her in front of me and says, what? What are they going to tell you whether or not they like it? No, we're not taking the dogs out there. And me, I'm such an idiot. Me, because I'm stupid, I step in on her behalf because remember, the women's, women buy RVs. I say, no, 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 she's right. Let's go make sure the dogs like it. And he sees what I'm doing, and he smiles, and he's like, what harm is it? It's not like the dogs are going to step in the RV and say, I don't like this. So we decide we're going to do it. They hop in their car. They drive the dogs out to the RV. I drive out to the RV with them. By now, my general manager's doing backflips because this is a huge deal. Most expensive RV on the lot. It's going to make my month. I'm going to pay my bills. Everybody's doing backflips, and the paper's printed. It's done. She takes these two little rat dogs, and she throws them up into the RV. They have to be lifted into there because the RV steps are really tall, and this particular RV was on an odd slope. So there's probably five feet at least between the RV door and the concrete below. The RV door and the concrete below. The dogs run around for just a second in there. Of course, they jump all over the furniture, which I don't care about at this point in time. It's their stinking RV. And he steps in. And he said, okay, that's enough. Let's go. I want to go home. I'm tired. I'm hungry. Let's go get the paperwork done so I can get out of here. Oh, okay, she says. He goes down the stairs. One dog runs to the stairs. He reaches up. Remember, there are two dogs. He reaches up and grabs the one dog lifts it up, and turns to take it to the car. Little dog number two goes to the stairs, sees dog number one being carried away, doesn't want to be left behind. Now, that's not the end of the world. Now, I want you to keep in mind, I'm standing 15 feet away. I'm not in a position where I can do anything right now. I'm watching all this unfold. The dog looks at the stairs and then looks at the other dog And chooses to leap. Only the dog didn't leap in a way where it would land on any of the stairs. The dog leaped, leapt at an angle and chose to swan dive onto the concrete below. It makes a sound like somebody dropped a book on the concrete. Boom! The dog lands right on its face. The dog is knocked out. I think the dog is dead. The lady inside the RV thinks the dog is dead. And you can imagine how a lady would react to that. Freaks out and screams. The dog does come to really quickly, but it's shaking a little bit. And she's freaking out. She yells at him, blames him for it. 
He yells back at her, but he's worried about Little Muffy or whatever the dog's name is, too. They run, scoop the dog up, who's still not moving very well. They hop in their car, and they burn rubber off the RV lot, heading towards the emergency vet. I called the next day to see if they'd like to come back and finish their paperwork. The dog was fine, by the way, but they just decided they weren't ready to buy an RV at this point in time. Now, again, back to what I was saying. Are you ready to go into sales? Because if you're ready to go into sales, you're going to have days like that. you got to be ready for days like that. Yes, I understand. These things seem to happen to me a lot. That was not my fault, I contend. All right. Time to talk to Emerald Robinson. She is in the belly of the beast, even though, as you'll be able to tell by her accent, she's a Tennessee girl. She's in the belly of the beast. She's going to give us all the D.C. dirt. What's going on with this audit in Arizona? Was the election stolen? Let's find out. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Daggone, Emerald picked some jams. As you know, the guests pick their own intro music here on the Jesse Kelly Show. Joining me now, my friend Emerald Robinson, White House correspondent with Newsmax. Emerald, one, bravo on the Van Morrison. I did not see that coming. Two, what's happening in Arizona? <laughs> well, A, I'm a huge Van Morrison fan, and Arizona is getting very interesting, right? So the Senate president, uh, Karen Sand, says that they have found discrepancies in the vote tallies based on their audit as opposed to what was documented by Maricopa County. Now, what I have heard from a source on the audit is that they are now triple checking. And what the source told me is that they're very nervous because clearly a lot of people are watching this audit and that and they wouldn't go either way, you know, which way the audit was going, and they just said, either way, right, it's explosive. Either way. Okay. What does what does explosive or what might explosive mean? I'm trying – I'm doing the best I can to remain cynical, Jesse, and never get my hopes up about anything. What, what is explosive Well, you can never mean? get your hopes up. <laughs> let, let's also say, because this source has said, well, if, if let's say – that there's not anything there. Okay. But now Karen Fan, this was a couple of days before Karen Fan said this. So now that Karen Fan said that, that's, you know, a little bit different than when I talked to a couple sources. So before that, if if there is even not any discrepancy that suggests that they votes were added for Biden as opposed to Trump, then so many Trump Trump supporters are watching it and they'll be that's explosive if it's not anything there. But if there is something there, then that's definitely hugely explosive. Now, we already saw Biden go to Pennsylvania, which is looking at doing an Arizona-style audit yesterday. And that was pretty telling to me, um, Jesse, because I've not really heard the White House really address the audits much at all. And we kind of thought when he was going yesterday that it was to just say that these um, laws passing Republican legislatures across the country are a threat to democracy. We expected that. But I actually did not expect him to focus on the questions about the 2020 election and the audit. Emerald. And now that, that was kind of telling. 
What are we supposed to believe about the 2020 election? Because I don't care what the system says and how much the system tells everybody to shut up. Poll after poll after poll shows 75% of Republicans think something happened. They may not know what or how bad, but something happened, and they feel like they can't ever get accurate information. You always have good information. What do you believe? It's not It's not just Republicans. There's also a pretty good portion of um, even independents and Democrats who question, right? They think that the 2020 election was questionable. But look, there were so many irregular, irregularities. Just the, the statistics alone, the fact that Biden was won the least amount of counties, he didn't even win the bellwether counties. So just the statistics alone were questionable, but then you had the the many of the battleground states go dark essentially, stop counting after midnight or around midnight. That was questionable for a lot of people, so that's why they question it. I think that you know Tucker Carlson did a segment in the last week where he talked about the fact that um, you know people were fed RussiaGate, they were fed all this other stuff that turned out to be false. So of course they question, but also you just you know. Like you said, I do get to talk to more people, and there have been lots of discrepancies, Speaking especially the- in Georgia. There's a, the, the Georgia stuff is probably, I think, the most interesting to me. There's, there are the stuff that came out in the last couple of days about duplicate, uh, double scanning and uh, weird voter tally sheets, but there's also more going on, and people who are keeping it quiet, they're not out there doing the media. They don't, they won't let you talk about what their case is going along like. And uh, there's lots of questions. And remember in that state, it was only, you know, between twelve and 13,000 as a vote margin. Emerald, Bill Barr. Now, I have despised Bill Barr for quite some time, as I know you have. I viewed him as a completely useless do-nothing who went there and promptly ran cover for everybody that he was supposedly supposed to go after. But am I wrong with that? Is that unfair? That's exactly what it looks like. And that's exactly what you and I talked about far before anyone else talked about it. Look... I here's what I have learned since we probably last talked about it is that Bill Parr actually deployed people to actively uh, misinform journalists to throw the ball the other way. Remember the whole indictments are coming thing. These were good journalists. Bill Barr actively fed them misinformation. Also, Bill Barr in John Carl's book he says that he told John Carl that he knew he he said that. Trump wasn't going to win and that he would claim voter fraud. So he would devise a plan where he would tell the former president that there was no voter fraud without really looking into it. So he said that before he knew that before the election. The question is, is Bill Barr an institutionalist? Was he concerned about the institutions, the, the, the DOJ, the intel community, or is there something more to it? Speaking with Emerald Robinson, White House correspondent of Newsmax, what do you believe, Emerald? Do you believe he's protecting somebody, or is he is he just lazy? Maybe, maybe that's that's as easy to. Oh, he's not lazy. Okay, no. he's definitely not lazy. He did it. He he actively ran cover. That takes some work, and I will tell you that, especially the days after the election, he had a lot of people in his own DOJ, Assistant Attorney General, 
coming to him, asking him why they weren't looking at voter fraud. Why are we not, why are we not investigating this? And he suggested that it was a moot case, that it would take so long that by the time they found out anything, it wouldn't even matter. And they said it, it matters because it's about the future elections, if not this one. And we also now know, based on Tony Schaefer, uh, that he was, and also the former district attorney in the Eastern District of Pennsylvania, that he was calling people and telling them not to investigate. That's Schaefer, right? He's calling people after the election, active law enforcement, active members of the DOJ, officials in the DOJ, and saying, do not look at this. And also people who used to be in the intelligence community or law enforcement who might be hired to look at it, he's also calling them outside of the the current uh, federal government and telling them not to look into it. That requires some effort. Okay. To what end, Amber? What am I supposed to believe about this? To what end? Is he want a cushy job at a university paying half of half of a, a year? Is that is that? Well, he got a book deal. Of course. He definitely got a book deal. We don't know how much of the advance on that. But here's what I have definitely learned, Jesse, is that I think also now there in America, people think there's two parties. There's the Democrats and the Republicans, right? They think they're opposed and that they are completely against one another. That's not the case. Mm. There is an establishment here, and the establishment protects the establishment. And Bill Barr is part of the establishment. And in the establishment, they know a lot about each other. Keep in mind also that Bill Barr met with a certain television executive. He met with Mitch McConnell. Gina Haspel, the former CIA director, went and met with Mitch McConnell and people on the Hill around this election. Mm. Emerald Robinson, White House correspondent Newsmax. Thank you so much, Emerald. I appreciate you. Thanks. Congrats on the show. I'm so glad I made you famous on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for your... Oh, wait, real quick, Emerald. What are you having for dinner? What am I having for dinner? That's a good question. I'm actually at a little get-together right now. I'm going to hopefully get out of here and actually have a date night with my husband. And my favorite date night is Mexican food. Ooh, (laughs) go get some of that sorry back east Mexican food. Emerald Robinson, everybody. Thank you, ma'am. Thanks. The thing is, having lived all over the country, Chris, you learn some things. And what you learn is this. Every region of the country thinks their food is the best. And look, I understand it's a huge nationwide show now. It's time to have a frank conversation about food and about communism. Hang on. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. When it's all about the money, you gotta do it right. On the How to Money podcast, investors Joel and Matt talk tips and tricks for handling the money you have in a purposeful, thoughtful way that works for your lifestyle so you can really start living a rich life. HSAs are the best retirement account out there. Better than 401ks and even our beloved Roth IRA. Blasphemy. (laughs) (laughs) And most folks, they have access to these HSAs, but they don't even realize the sweet triple tax advantage that they offer. Listen to How to Money wherever you get your podcasts. Technology and modernity buried some pretty cool stuff. But the new podcast, Bear Grease, 
rediscover some of the things time's forgotten. Host and outdoor expert Clay Newcomb explores the culture, tradition, and history of rural America. When do we believe that dogs were first domesticated? 20,000 years is like the genetic signatures for a dog up here. Listen to Bear Grease, part of the Meat Eater Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Let's talk about communism for a moment. Let's talk about America and where we stand on this. Yes, I'll get to the food stuff in a moment. Did you see what the White House press secretary said? Remember, what's going on in Cuba is big. I actually talked to somebody with a bunch of Cuban connections today. And he's, I was trying to gauge, because I've been trying to gauge so I can relay it to you. How big is it? Is this thing, uh, you know, 100 people popping off in the street? Or is this real, real, real movement unrest, the kind of thing that can potentially topple a government? Well, he did not say it could potentially topple the government. He didn't know. But he said, Jesse, it's not small. So we have people clamoring for freedom against a communist government, like 25 feet off our shore. What's the White House press secretary say? This. Do you think that people are leaving Cuba because they don't like communism? I think we've been pretty clear that we think people are leaving Cuba or not leaving Cuba or protesting in the streets all as well because uh, they are opposed to the oppression, to the mismanagement of the government in the country. And we certainly support their right to protest. We support uh, their efforts to speak out against their treatment in Cuba. I will say separately, an important question is also what happens when people are seeking uh, protection or what happens when they are uh, attempting to flee. Wrap your mind around how radical that is, because you and I have simply accepted that the modern Democrat, not the older one, the modern Democrat is a communist. But think about what that means. Democrat, Republican, anybody. We have a press secretary and a president who won't condemn communism by name. Why won't they condemn communism? America has long understood Communism is a scourge on on the earth. Communism? Communism killed more people than the Black Plague. Communism is an evil religion of destruction and domination. We now have one of our two major political parties who doesn't feel comfortable outright condemning it. Isn't that frightening? Isn't that truly frightening? And I told the story, I've told this story before, but I want to tell you something. People get confused when it comes to the destructive policies of communists, communists here in America. I used the story, I used the example of Bill de Blasio earlier, how he's always trashing New York City. And people don't understand it because they say to themselves, why would he want to trash his own city? When I point out that all these communist street groups, they all only have one goal. Black Lives Matter doesn't care about black people. Feminists don't care about women. LGBTQ, whatever the thing is, don't care about gay people or trans people or anything else. Environmentalists don't care about the environment. That's why they always end up looking dumb when they have their big protests. Remember when the environmentalists went out and protested the Keystone Pipeline and left behind all mountains of trash people had to pick up? It's because they don't care about the environment. 
They're all communist front groups who want to bring down the country. And this confuses people because they think, well, I don't understand. Why would they want to trash their own country? One of two reasons. Universally, one of two reasons. The activist on the ground wants to destroy his own country because he hates himself first and foremost. Remember, you cannot possibly be confident and content with who you are and support communism in any of its forms. It doesn't work that way. That's why I tell people all the time, ah, Jesse, how do I make sure my kids aren't communists? Make sure your kids have a grateful heart. You can't be a grateful human being and be a communist. It's not possible. It's not humanly possible. That's why they're all complaining all the time. This is the end of the world, and I'm oppressed, and this is unfair, and America sucks, and you've never seen a grateful one, and you never will. So that's one. But the second reason, when it comes to the people at the top, why does... Bill de Blasio feel totally comfortable trashing New York City? Why does the Biden administration feel comfortable destroying America? Why? Does it make sense? Why would Gavin Newsom feel comfortable wrecking our wealthiest, most important state, California? And California's paradise. He's wrecking it. Why? Rich, powerful people have access. Access to what? They have access to whatever they want. If California goes up in flames, as it often does because of their stupid forest mismanagement, if California goes up in flames, Gavin Newsom isn't going to be sniffing the smoke. Gavin Newsom's going to be on a private plane in Barbados with the Swedish bikini team. If New York City goes up in flames and New York City is circling the drain right now and it looks like it's about to get even worse, trust me, this next mayor is going to suck too. If New York City continues to circle the drain, do you think Bill de Blasio is ever going to be in danger of actual street violence? Do you think Bill de Blasio is even going to stay in New York City? If it gets bad enough, he'll be out to a lake house somewhere, grilling up steaks with the wife, Checking the news reports, looking at New York destroyed and saying to himself, I did good. I did a good job. These people, they're wealthy and powerful enough that they have access to anything and everything, including a means to separate themselves from the destruction they bring down on others. That's why they don't care. That's why they don't care. I mean, this... this. Democrats, this is from the post-millennial, Democrats to force through Biden's $3.5 trillion spending bill without GOP support. And it should be noted, they're already talking about putting amnesty in this bill. They're going to do one gigantic bill. Why? Why would they do one gigantic bill with all these things the American people don't want in it? Do you really want to know why? I'll tell you in a second. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. I'm sorry. I was going to try to stop playing it, but it's so fun. (laughs) All right. 
Why are the Democrats trying to cram through two massive bills? Yes, there's two. They add up to about $4.1, trillion right now. One's an infrastructure bill. The other one's this huge spending bill. Here's a couple things on it from the post-millennial. Senate Democrats are preparing to force through a $3.5 trillion spending bill that will enact the full array of Joe Biden's social welfare agenda without any bipartisan support. Quote, formal text, formal text of the Senate's budget resolution has yet to be released. If that measure can clear both chambers with lockstep party support, it will unleash the power to circumvent a GOP filibuster using budget reconciliation, the same move that Democrats used to pass the president's $1.9 trillion pandemic aid package back in March. They can't lose many votes, just a heads up. So they need senators like Manchin and Tester and whatnot. But why? Why would you go for this? I'm going to explain why. Democrats are insane, and that holds them back. They're insane people. They are. But they also are good at politics and they understand something. They've always understood this very well. Republicans never understood it, still don't understand it, and still don't play the game like this. Democrats understand there's tremendous value. There's more value in moving your agenda forward than there is winning the next election. Republicans are constantly focused on winning the next election. That's why they're the biggest bunch of weenies on the planet. They never take a hard stance on anything, not until it gets comfortable. Well, I mean, midterms are coming up. Whoop, can't do anything. Got a presidential election. Oh, just had a presidential election. Well, we better wait till the midterms. Oh, we got another. It's, it's an endless cycle of that. Democrats don't do that. Democrats look ahead and here's their current situation. Their party, because they're insane, is deeply unpopular right now. They just are. They're deeply unpopular right now. They're facing huge losses in the midterms. They know that. But it's actually worse. Kamala Harris is going to be president of the United States by the time the 2024 election rolls around. Kamala Harris has the likability of a barnacle. Nobody likes Kamala Harris. Remember, that's not just me. Uh, Democrats don't like Kamala Harris. I mean, gosh, even Willie Brown only liked her briefly. Nobody, what, Chris? Nobody likes Kamala Harris. Nobody does. She's going to be the nominee because she's going to be the president. It's very, very, very difficult to upseat a sitting president to take your party's nominee. I think she'll have challengers. I do. But I think she'll win the nomination, especially because Obama's people are behind Harris. Always have been. Remember. Obama's people didn't like Joe Biden. He wouldn't even endorse Joe Biden until everyone else left. They were quietly pushing for Harris. What does that mean? It means Democrats are facing not only a loss at the midterms, they're facing a presidential loss in 2024. Okay, well, they don't want to lose power. I'm not saying that, but they do understand this. Right now, right now, now is the only chance they have to move their agenda forward. And that's why they're even talking about putting amnesty in it. They know that's going to be deeply unpopular. They understand there are swing districts across America they're going to lose in the House of Representatives 
in 2022 and Senate seats too. And by passing this, they know it makes it more likely they're going to lose those seats. But very smartly, they don't care. They don't care. Barack Obama was maybe the best ever at this. Barack Obama got into power and he promptly filled every single uh, federal bureaucracy with a bunch of radical communist nut jobs. And two, he crammed through Obamacare. And they had all the poll numbers before they passed it showing America hates this. And if you pass this, you're going to take a beating at the polls. And remember, he bled all those seats in the midterms. It was something like a record. Gave up total control. How Donald Trump's presidency work out? It was a disaster, right? As far as getting attacked from within. Why do you think Donald Trump got attacked from within? Because all those Obama appointees were still there to kneecap the next guy. The agenda is more important to the party, to the communist. It is. Why are they going to pass some huge, and they will pass it, mark my words. Why are they going to pass some huge $3.5 trillion spending bill that nobody wants, nobody's asking for? Well, because it's their only chance to pass anything They're going to jam everything they want in it, cram it through, let you scream and yell and go vote them out at the midterms, but not a single piece of it's going to be reversed. Not one. They'll have everything they wanted anyway. That's why. Don't forget, the whole show is available. If you missed any part of it, including my RV dog story that almost died, the whole show is available podcasted on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. On iTunes, leave a five-star review. Leave a leave a review talking about how handsome I am. This one's titled Handsome and Smart. If you like handsome with a big heaping side of smart, the Dr. Jesse Kelly show is for you. Well, look, that's all part of being the Oracle. This one's titled The Best. I like you almost as much as you like yourself. Love the show. What, Chris? Don't roll your eyes. Anyway. Back to your emails. Remember, I answer every single, or I, I read every single email. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I will not respond. I get way too many of them. They all go right to Chris. He prints them off for me. I read them all. Hey, Jesse, keeping my ID secret. I just want to say your daily podcast is awesome and a huge help. He works, and I'm not going to give away his position. He actually works for MSNBC in New York City. Total Trump supporter and Republican, and I have to deal with liberal nonsense on a daily basis. Diversity and inclusion emails, co-workers celebrating some weirdo LGBTQ fake holidays, so on and so forth. Unfortunately, many good-paying companies are like that just about everywhere. New Yorker all my life, and in my suburban New York City neighborhood, there is really a silent majority here, believe it or not. Keep up the good work. Oh, I believe it. People do not realize this. When people dog on New York City or California, you don't understand there are some of the most blood-red conservatives in those areas. I mean, people people probably to the right of me. Although, is it possible to get to the right of me, Chris? It would be difficult to get to the right of me. But if they are, they're in those areas. Why? Because if you're in that area 
and you're surrounded by all that insanity at all times, and you're surrounded by philosophies you disagree with and people who hate your guts at all times, you either, one, break, and rest assured, many, many, many people break. It's just too much to handle. It's too much information, false information in your head. You break and you get softer and softer and softer in the effort of just fitting in. Oh, okay, I'm a Republican, but I'm one of the good ones. You know, I I just want to talk about taxes, really. I just think taxes should be low. Taxes aren't that offensive, right? Liberals, you're not offended by taxes? Okay, then I'll just talk about taxes. So you you either break and go soft like that, or you just absolutely turn into a conservative rock who cannot be moved because you're surrounded by the enemy at all times. Back when I was running for Congress, remember I ran twice and lost twice in Arizona. Back when I was running for Congress, a rock-ribbed group of conservatives actually flew me out for a fundraiser. You know where that fundraiser was? I'll tell you in a second. Is he smarter than everyone? Who knows? Does he think so? Yeah. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We still have to address the extra COVID deaths. George Bush has some foreign policy thoughts. We'll get to that in just a second. St. George Floyd's mural didn't doesn't look like it's going to hold up at all. But first... We were talking about how conservative people are in places like New York and California. And I was explaining how blood red they are. When I was running for Congress, this group reached out to me and they flew me out to California. Malibu, actually, flew me out to Malibu, drove me out to some big fancy mansion. And I mean, fancy mansion. I'd never been in a place like this in my life, but I had to act like I wasn't impressed. Oh, yeah, this is just like my summer cottage. And the place had an elevator. It had an elevator. Anyway. They take me out to this fancy mansion, and there were all these super rich Californians out there, blood red. But because they have no chance of ever getting any elected representation, they fly in people running for Congress around the country to raise some money so they can go back and win in their districts. How crazy is that? That world exists. Back to your emails real quick. Dr. Handsome Steel. What, Chris? I like that. That has a nice ring to it. In fact... Handsome Steel might have to be one of my nicknames from now on. What? When you're the Shogun, you can pick whatever nicknames you want. Anyway, what was the name of the book and or documentary about the German police battalion or whatever that was tasked with killing civilians in a town? I butchered that, but I think you know what I mean. P.S. Tone down the handsomeness just a little. Not all of us can be that good looking. <laughs> okay. he's I, look. I, I, sometimes I give out book recommendations. Not often. I mean, not your teacher, but sometimes they give out book recommendations. Go read Ordinary Men. The book is called Ordinary Men. It's uh, it's a tough read, I'll tell you that much. It's about a bunch of just reservists, not a bunch of hardened SS Nazis, just regular, old, fat, middle-aged reservists, a bunch of accountants who got tasked with executing a lot of Jews, a lot of Jews. And 
The book will walk you through the process about how they didn't want to do it and weren't comfortable with it at first, and, but they went through with it anyway, and then by the end, they're really, really, really comfortable with it. I tell people to read that book not because you need, you know, item number 10,000 on your Holocaust was horrific list. I realize that. Everyone knows that. I tell people to read Ordinary Men because it's a study in human nature. It is a study in human nature. Do not make this mistake. It's easy to make this mistake. Don't do it. Don't think about Stalin's communists killing millions. Don't think about Nazis executing six million Jews. Don't think about Mao and all that death. Don't think about those people and think about them as if they're monsters. They're people. They are flesh and blood. They are people just like you, just like me. People placed in situations, people who succumb to propaganda, people who start to believe one lie and then another lie, and then this escalates to that and this escalates to that. Every one of those people, they're human beings. That's what human beings are capable of. It's why I rail against communists so hard and why I try to explain to you America's communists are no different than those murderous freaking demons from China and the Soviet Union and Venezuela and Che and Castro and all the rest of them. They're all the same. They're all the same. You can think, wow, no, they're not. They're not. They would never. They would never hurt people. Oh, yes, they would. Without hesitation. If they felt that they could, if they felt the rule of law, the DOJ, the FBI, a local district attorney, if they felt they could hurt you and get away with it, they would hurt you without the slightest bit of hesitation. How do I know that? I read history books. Do you? That's what human beings do when they're permitted, especially when they're twisted up by some sick religion like communism or Nazism. They hurt without hesitation. And at first, they may not like it, and then they start to get more and more comfortable with it, and soon, it's all they want to do. Remember that. Monsters don't exist. These are human beings, every one of them. That got way darker than I wanted it to be. Headline, AP News. U.S. overdose deaths hit a record 93,000 in the pandemic last year. I'm not going to dwell anymore on coronavirus tonight because I already railed against it in the beginning. And I went off about, oh, you're mad about inflation? Were you panicking about COVID? Were you crying for more COVID stimulus bills? Were you all about lockdowns? So I'm not going to go into all that again, but I will simply say this. It's something I said in the very beginning. And so I, I, I have all the I told you so receipts. I said coronavirus is not only suicide for a nation, the, the lockdowns, coronavirus lockdowns are not only suicide for a nation, they're bad medicine. If you're a doctor who pushed for them, you should be ashamed of yourself. We took people who struggle, and people struggle, you know, and maybe you're struggling out there. I mean, and hey, if you are, 
If you struggle right now with alcohol or drugs or something like that, do me a favor. Set aside your shame. People struggle with stuff. I've struggled with alcohol several times in my life. Ain't no shame in reaching out and getting help. Get some help for yourself. Plenty of places out there can help you. Anyway, that's one. Two, we took struggling people who have addiction problems and vice problems and things like that, and we left them all alone. We told them, go home. No more help for you. No more meetings for you. No more therapists for you. No more rehab for you. Sorry, we have a virus over 99% of the people live from. Sorry, you don't matter anymore. That's inhumane. That's cruel. It's bad medicine. I don't support it at all. Man, that reminds me of that Bon Jovi song. Chris, will you find the, what? Find the Bon Jovi song, please. It's my it's my show. That's a good song. Bon Jovi. Yes, it is a good song. Are you you're not anti Bon Jovi, are you? Oh, Bon Jovi had some of the best jams ever. What do you mean, don't, not that good? Don't play Van Halen on my show and then turn around and dog on Bon Jovi. Play some bad medicine right now, Chris. Oh, yeah. See, I, I feel like it's the 80s all over again. This is a great song. And chicks love Bon Jovi. You can, get, you can take your lady to a Bon Jovi concert. She'll be going crazy. I mean, I wouldn't, wouldn't let her go backstage or anything, but she would, what? She'd be going crazy. Did you see? Did you see what happened to the George Floyd mural? Whoops! <laughs> a mural in remembrance of George Floyd in Toledo, Ohio, was reduced to rubble after a reported lightning strike. What are the odds of that? You know what? You know what I think we need. We need about nine more funerals across America. Memorials. In rem- what, Chris? We need more memorials in remembrance of him. All these people, they really cared about George Floyd. None of this was for political opportunity or anything like that. They, they really cared deep down. Don't you know? Okay. How close are we to problems? I'll tell you. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Man, this is a dark one here. This is a dark one here. Jesse, the only thing holding the Marxists back from getting rid of the filibuster and doing whatever they want is one senator in West Virginia and one senator in Arizona. How hard is it to manufacture dirt on either of them? Look. Let me let me make this let me make this a bit more sunny. Than, than it probably is, but allow me to put a smiley face on exactly where we are. Are we in, in bad trouble? Oh, yeah, of course. And you bring up a good point about you know, we're, we're one or two senators away from getting blackmail material on them from the federal government doing whatever they want at all times. But I try to live my life, and I realize this is a little dark, but I try to live my life from my deathbed. I just always have. Now, granted, that's part of the reason I have impulse control problems and I take these huge risks and they oftentimes result in horrific failure. And then sometimes they end up with me talking to you behind the microphone to the entire United States of America. So, look, they can work out. It's a bit of a a sink or swim philosophy, but I live my life from my deathbed. When I'm laying there, I want to know. Did I do everything cool and adventurous and take the big risk or did I play it safe? And 
my time on this earth, whether it be 40 years, I turned 40 on July 20th. Oh, not that I'm going to say anything about it. Don't worry. I turned 40 on July 20th. But my whether it be 40 years on this earth, 60 years, 80 years, 100 years. Oh, who are we kidding? I'll never see 100 with how I eat. But was it a cool, interesting life? Did I die with some stories? Yeah, we are on the brink of some pretty rough times here. We are. I'm not going to sugarcoat that for you, make you feel better about it. But don't you want to live in interesting times? I don't want to live in boring times. I don't want to have a boring life. You've only got 70, 80 years on this planet if you're lucky. The Earth has been around a long time. It'll be around a long time when we're gone. I want to die with some stories. If we're going to experience... Massive political upheaval in America. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be hard. But it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Eh, Maybe that didn't make me feel as good as I thought it was going to feel. Dang it, Chris. I was going to try to talk myself into it, and I was going to try to help everyone else, and it, it didn't work out. Remember this headline. Foxnews.com, Biden administration feels recent inflation burst could last quarters, not months. Like I said in the very beginning of the show, and I know this is hard, but we're never going to improve in advance until we learn how to take accountability for our own actions, our own mistakes. If you are mad about inflation, which I hope you are, that's good, but... Find a mirror or pull out your phone and do that little reverse photo thing so you're staring at your own face. Look at yourself and say to yourself, was I all about coronavirus lockdowns even in the beginning? Did I agree with 15 days to slow the spread? Did I agree with passing massive coronavirus stimulus bills? Did I? Well, if you did then you shouldn't be complaining about inflation. Panic and stupidity are the most expensive things on the planet. When the West, not just America, when the West decided that we were going to point to our economies and stop them in response to a virus, we virtually guaranteed this stuff is coming. You're going to have inflation. You're going to have mass business closures. You're going to have a banking crisis. You're going to have inflation. You're going to have a financial crisis. You might have another war. You realize financial crisis oftentimes lead to war, right? Oftentimes. Wars, major wars, follow financial crises a lot. Where were you in the beginning? Here's what we can't do anymore. We don't have time for this. And so many of our pundits on the right and virtually all of our politicians on the right are this way. We can no longer be the lick our finger and stick it in the air to see which way the wind's blowing party. We've done that time and time again. And it's not just costing our party. It's costing the United States of America. I watched the right, not just the left, the right succumb to coronavirus panic. Let's be honest. You know I like the guy. Dr. Fauci worked for Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the one who put Dr. Fauci in front of the cameras and told everybody to go home for two weeks. And I'm not just blaming him. Republicans everywhere were all about that lockdown life. Pundit after pundit after pundit. 
Well, it's just 15 days. Don't be selfish. We're saving America. Millions will die. And now those same pundits, those same pundits are out there complaining about inflation today. What did you think was going to be the result of printing trillions of dollars in unbacked currency while also kneecapping your own economy so revenues would go down? What did you think was going to be the result of the dollar? What did you think it was going to be? And you know what? That's why I talk to you all the time about Oxford Gold Group. I want you to understand something. I talk to you about Oxford Gold Group not just because I know the people who run it and not just because I love them. You need precious metals as part of your portfolio. They are destroying the value of the dollar every single day right now. They are. They're gutting the value of the dollar. And get this. I just told you about the $3.5 trillion spending budget they're talking about passing. It's not like they're destroying the value of the dollar and looking at these inflation numbers and saying to themselves, whoa, we should slow down. They're ramping up. Get gold and silver in your hands. And Oxford Gold Group doesn't just give you a piece of paper. Oxford Gold Group gives you real gold and silver, like you're holding the gold in your hands. 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-GOLD. You tell them Jesse told you to call. Tell them you're worried. They will help you out. They'll walk you through this. All right, now. How how worried are you? How worried should you be about vaccine passports, about vaccine access? You should be very worried about vaccine access. Not because I think the government here in America is going to be able to pass something. I don't even think state governments will be able to pass something. I just don't. I don't the, the, the political meter, the, the, the mood of the public, they're simply not in a place where, where, where these politicians are going to risk that. But what you're going to see is you're going to see the danger of having a system instead of separate cultural institutions. You see, one ideology governs all our cultural institutions, which makes it a system. So the federal government doesn't have to make anything against the law. All they have to do is go with the government-corporate partnership and freeze you out of life. No, we're, we're not going to mandate you get a vaccine. That would, be, that would be wrong. It would violate your civil rights. But no, your kid can't go to school without it. No, you can't get on that plane. Do you have your vaccine passport? You want to go to a concert? Ha! Where's your vaccine passport? Oh, you want to come sit down and eat at Chili's? You have your vaccine passport? With all due respect to Chili's, I don't think Chili's would sign on for something like that, but who? what would I know? Fine establishment Chili's is. You see what I mean? They don't have to pass laws anymore that restrict your movement and control you. They don't have to do that because it's become a system instead of separate cultural institutions. That's the danger. That's always the danger of it. And I brought this up a little earlier in the show. We're going to address it again, and it's going to be painful. The headline from the Wall Street Journal was this. FBI agents disregarded gymnasts' complaints about Larry Nassar and then made false statements to cover the mistakes. Do you want to have a heart-to-heart about the FBI? And do you want to have a heart-to-heart about your kid's coach? Your kid's Cub Scout leader? Do you want to? Because we're going to. Hang on. 
Jesse Kelly returns next. When it's all about the money, you got to do it right. On the How to Money podcast, investors Joel and Matt talk tips and tricks for handling the money you have in a purposeful, thoughtful way that works for your lifestyle so you can really start living a rich life. HSAs are the best retirement account out there, better than 401ks and even our beloved Roth IRA. Blasphemy. (laughs) (laughs) And most folks, they have access to these HSAs, but they don't even realize the sweet triple tax advantage that they offer. Listen to How to Money wherever you get your podcasts. Technology and modernity buried some pretty cool stuff. But the new podcast, Bear Grease, rediscovers some of the things time's forgotten. Host and outdoor expert Clay Newcomb explores the culture, tradition, and history of rural America. When do we believe that dogs were first domesticated? 20,000 years is like the genetic signatures for a dog up here. Listen to Bear Grease, part of the Meat Eater Podcast Network, wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. We're going to get to headlines I didn't get to in just a second. But one last thing. One last thing here. FBI agents disregarded gymnast complaints about Nasser and then made false statements to cover mistakes. One, the entire FBI must be disbanded. I'm not joking. I'm not trying to be over the top. We have, what are we going to call them, mistakes now? We have Violation of the law after violation after law of the law after violation of the law. You're spying on Trump's campaign. You can't seem to find what happened in Las Vegas. You're going after Republicans right and left. You're covering things up. You're chasing ghosts because Bubba Wallace told you he had a garage pull string that was a noose. Don't do this thing that I see people on the right do either. It drives me up the wall. But there are good FBI agents. There are good men and women on the ground doing good work. Who cares? What does that have to do with anything? I've used this example a hundred times. I'll use it a hundred more. If the local burger joint has an outstanding fry cook and their cashier could not be any better and any friendlier and they're just an awesome group of people, but the manager and assistant manager believe in spitting in every burger. That's a bad burger joint. I'm not eating there. Leadership matters. The leadership decides the direction of the organization. The Federal Bureau of Investigation is rotted to the core and should be disbanded. And that was the good news. The bad news is this. Men should not be coaching women's gymnastics. Men should not be coaching women's swimming. I don't care that you're going to scream about how great you've been as a coach or, or you're, you don't understand your daughter's coach. I understand this. My wife was an elite-level gymnast for years, and therefore I've hung out with more gymnasts than you can count, which, again, is not the end of the world. But the stories they tell in private, having things done to them or attempted to be done to them by their coaches – is the norm, not the exception. Men should not be guiding women, looking over women hours at a time who are in there in swimsuits. 
A bunch of fit teenage girls in a swimsuit should not be under the supervision of men for hours on end. I don't care that it makes people uncomfortable. And it doesn't just apply to women. You should be more worried about your boys' Cub Scout coach than you are. Cub Scout leader than you are. Boy Scout leader. That T-ball coach. Oh, the coach who wants to do some one-on-one sessions because your son just needs, he just needs a little more help on the basketball court. No, they're not all scum. Yes, many are wonderful people. Better start keeping your eyes open. Like I said earlier in the show, you really want to know about the other side of life? You want to know how dark it can be out there? Your state has a sex offender registry. It's online. It's free. Don't worry about it. Go there right now. Put in your zip code. Not the big city next door. Put in your zip code. Tell me what you find. Those people are around you, and those are the ones they've caught. They haven't caught most of them. Remember that. All right. Now, time for headlines I didn't get to. Checkpoint Society. Boris pressures venues to adopt vaccine passports. You see they're having huge riots right now in France over these vaccine passports. The UK's already gone. America is about 15 steps behind it. Let's hope we still are a red enough place to avoid this. I just I have these moments where I take a step back and I marvel, absolutely marvel at what we allowed what we allowed China to do to us. Think about this. Think about, Wrap your mind around this. Think if you're China and you hate America and you want America brought down a peg so you can take over as the leader of the world. And you have this virus that you release intentionally or otherwise on the world. And think how they've watched the world burn itself down over this whole thing. They have watched every single country that could possibly oppose them burn itself down over the virus they released. Riots in the streets? Vaccine passports? What is this madness? What is this absolute madness? Hotair.com study. Half of those released from jail before trial in San Francisco were arrested for committing new crimes while free. Because we are a society a Judeo-Christian society who believes in redemption. We always love to think the best about people, but the real truth of the matter is, and anybody who's been a cop for any length of time will tell you this, the criminals are going to stay criminals. Criminals commit crimes. The second they're able to, they commit crimes. It's not even a career choice. It's a lifestyle. It's simply what they do. It's just what they do. They hustle. They rob. They hurt people. They kill. They run drugs. It's all they know. It's hard for us to accept that. It's what they do. It's why all this madness, you see it in New York right now about unloading the jails and now they're having more violent crime. They're having more violent crime in New York because you yanked the plainclothes police out of there and you unloaded the jails. All the violent criminals are right back in the street. Gothamist.com, only 1% of COVID cases and deaths occurred in fully vaccinated New Yorkers this year. Okay, but that means vaccinated people are still dying. 
why are vaccinated people I'm just, I'm just asking, I'm not a doctor why are vaccinated people dying from coronavirus? Hmm, makes you think. Headline, Bush slams Afghanistan withdrawal, says it's a mistake, and Afghan women, girls will suffer unspeakable harm. This is from America's Military News. How many members of the Bush family have fought in Iraq or Afghanistan? I'm just asking. I mean, he wants to stay. He's the one who got us there. We were there for 20 years. We know now from the Afghanistan papers. Remember, we had the Afghanistan papers come out. Everybody just memory hold the Afghanistan papers right away. We had the Afghanistan papers come out, and they told us, uh, we never had a plan. We were there for 15 minutes, and guys like Donald Rumsfeld and others are looking around saying, I mean, I don't know what to do now. I don't even know who, who are the good guys, who are the bad guys. Like, What are we supposed to be doing here? George Bush was the architect of all that, and instead of stepping up to the plate now and saying, ah, maybe I whiffed on that, George Bush is mad we're leaving. Boy, if that doesn't explain everything about our political class, I don't know what does. All right, we're going to keep you updated on all the goings-ons. Hopefully this conspiracy theory about what happened in Haiti is going to get even deeper, Chris. <laughs> you know we'll keep you updated on that. We're going to keep having fun because what else can we do but laugh? I mean, what else are we going to do at this point in time? Keep your chin up. We'll do it again tomorrow. That's all. Take it easy.